This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technology Sale event and save on select PCs like the XPS 16 powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with a built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop on Online at dell.com forward slash deals you'll have access to the exceptional tech and electronics plus free shipping on everything amazing prices await you for a limited time only at dell.com forward slash deals that's dell.com forward slash deals this is the ed Milet show hey welcome back to the show everybody so listen if you listen to this show, you listen to this show because you want to have a happier, more fulfilling, more successful life, more than likely. And I have as a guest here today for the third time on my show, I'm so honored, the living of all the living people on the planet, the person who's helped the most people do that. About that. The billions of people on this planet and that have lived for the last, you know, 60 years, this man's helped more people have happy and fulfilling and successful lives than any other person, including me. And I'm honored to call him a friend. So welcome back. We're going to do that together today. Mr. Tony Robbins, welcome back to the show. Thanks, brother. Good to see you, Ed. Yeah, you too, man. So I, you're doing something. I just got to start out that blows my mind because your events have changed my life. And you're doing something coming up that's called Unshakable, Become Unshakable. And it's going to be the 24th to the 28th of January. I can't believe you're doing this. It's like a free four days with Tony Robbins for two hours a day. You're actually doing it's this, actually right? five, five days. <laughs> yeah, what I you know it started Ed, because uh, you know when when all of a sudden we had the COVID situation happen, I had the governor of California call me. And he says, uh, by the way, your seminar next week in San Jose for fifteen thousand people, you can put a hundred people in the stadium. And I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? But then all of a sudden everything melted down around the world, and I'm, it's like, how do I help people when they need it most? I have you know, more than 100 companies. So I wasn't hurting financially, but it's like, this is my mission. And so I thought, okay, what can I do? And I, I first moved to Vegas, said, we're going to do Vegas, they'll never shut down Vegas. Of course, they shut it down Vegas a week out, right? Moved to Texas, they shut down Texas. I was going to do it in all these 1500 movie theaters with 10 people each in a movie theater. I they remember shut that. down the movie theaters, you know? Yeah. So I finally went and saw this guy do this webinar. And I was like, I'll cut my throat first before I have two 52 inch screens. I'm used to a stadium rocking. But what we did is I built this incredible studio with 50 foot high ceilings and 20 foot high LED screens. I can see everybody around the world. And I said, let's do an event for free for people all over the earth. So I've done it for three years in a row now. I do only one like this a year. And as you said, 24th through the 28th of January here. And there's no charge for it whatsoever. It's total immersion. And it's, you know, when you talk about unshakable, Think about people that you know that no matter what hell breaks loose, it's not like they're fearless, but they find they still have their center. They figure out how to take advantage of the situation. And most people today are hoping things are gonna get better and it's gonna get worse before it gets better, at least financially. And so we've got to really prepare ourselves and get yourself unshakable by having a plan for your body and your relationship and your business and your career. So we're going to do, I, I say two hours a day, it usually goes two and a half or three because I want to add as much value. But we're going to do total immersion for five days. Anyone can participate. There's no charge. It's not partially free. It's totally free. And uh, you've got a website, I think, that they can go to there and just register themselves. They bring their friends or family as well. I think it's, uh, is it jointony100.com? Yes, it's, it's jointony100.com, the number 100. So jointony100.com. Guys, it's just insane. You have the goat, and he's going to be able to have five days with you. And Tony's two hours are never two hours. And so you're going to get <laughs> absolutely transformed over these days. And I'm grateful that you're doing it because it's his mission. And it's my mission yeah. as well. So it's why... When the two of us get together on the show, the internet kind of breaks most times because I have to tell you, I, I'm curious as a friend to ask you this too. Where are we? Like, let's just let's start with a premise where you think we are in the world right now. I've always, you know, I respect people that can win in spring and summer. There's a lot of admiration for that. But I really respect people who can win during the winter or prevail yeah. during the winter. Do yeah. you feel like we're in that? Are we in winter? The media is telling us we're in the winter. Do you, Where are we? Are we in the winter? How long do you think it's going to last? What's your overall sense of things right now? Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I'm lucky to have guys like Ray Dalio and Paul Jones has been my, you know, I've coached him for 25 years. And so I've got access to some of the smartest minds in the world. It's not my view. Um, and if you study history, we run in cycles. And right now, you know, if you think about times, you and I have talked about this in the past, the generation that grew up in 1910, these guys, by the time they're 20, it's World War, you know, it's first of all, it's a depression. And then 10 years later, it's World War II. And so a generation that was really weak, they're called flappers, kind of like a lot of millennials were originally labeled or Z generation, became one of the strongest generations in history. And when they go through that winter, we all go through winter at some time in our life. Some people do it zero to 20. Some people it's 20 to 40, 40 to 60, 60 to 80. If you live long enough, you're going to live through this time. And winter just means that things are not optimistic. It's like winter can be a beautiful time. But, you know, overall, the theme is more fear. And that's yeah. where we are right now. And it's garnered usually by great economic challenges and then usually a big war, an international war, not a little war, like a world type of war, this kind of thing that we'll probably see with China. And we're about halfway through that right now. Because if you think about... Think about what happened in the winter of, let's say, the Depression and World War II, that 20 years. Then these people come back as the heroes and have a springtime where from the 1945 at the end of the war till about 1963 when Kennedy was shot, it was a very optimistic time for America. Mm -hmm. Then you go through the summer times. That's when there's internal strife. Young people and old people fight over values. That's the 60s and 70s. And then you think about the 80s, 90s, 2000s, more pragmatic, more about economics. So, but now we're in winter. So we probably got eight or nine more years of this. That's not something to look bad to because if you do well in winter, you'll do well for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Of the Fortune 1000 companies, the biggest companies on earth, they could have been started in any season, right? A recession or depression is a winter to give you an idea. Yeah. And 60% plus mm -hmm. were started in a winter time. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Disney, it was depression. If you go to Hyatt, it was a depression. If you go to Chevron, it was a depression. If you go to Microsoft or Apple or FedExpress, all of those were during a recession. And so if you do well this time, you will do well for the rest of your life. And the thing I want people to realize is sounds like a long time, but winter's not forever. And always after winter is an incredible springtime of optimism and change and ease. But if you're going to hope you're going to get there in the next year or two or three, you're going to probably be disappointed. So you have to figure out how to get stronger during winter. That's what I'm talking about being unshakable. If you've got a plan, you've got a tool, when everybody else is freaking, you'll do well. In the depression, more people became millionaires as a percentage than any time in history. Most people think of John F. Kennedy as the president, but his dad, Joe Kennedy, who funded his campaign, he had $3 million in 1929 when the stock market crashed. He had $62 million three years later, which is the equivalent of 3 billion today. Because the opportunities, when people get scared, think of this. When the market's going great in real estate not long ago, what did people want for the house? What it was worth, less or more? More. more. Way more, right? And people are selling their houses with four offers and they're all higher and everything else, right? But when all hell breaks loose and all of a sudden it looks like the world's coming to an end, what do people want for their house or their business? Whatever they can get, right? And business is even more so. The greatest opportunity of your life will happen over the next probably five years to six years because baby boomers are all getting older and retiring and about 87% of businesses never get sold. They never go public. They thought their kids are going to take it over, but their kids don't want to run the underwear company, right? So it's like a different situation. There's opportunity if you know how to run a business to take on multiple businesses for a song and really have market share. So whether you own a business or not, this is the opportunity for you to grow and expand. It's like winter, you can freeze to death or you can snowboard and ski and build your next business and be at home with your family and have a great time. So I'm made for winter and my whole thing is help other people prepare for it because ignoring it or pretending it's not there is not going to work. Hoping is not a strategy. You've got to have tools and strategy and you've got to make yourself better. I mean, everybody talks about inflation. And right now it's the worst it's been in 40 years, but it's about seven and a half percent roughly. I mean, the numbers get fudged. Some things are more, some are less, right? But so how do you deal with it? You don't hope the government's going to turn around. You got to participate in your own rescue. Right. You have to say to yourself, I got to be more productive. It's that simple. And anybody can be 10% more productive and you'd be ahead of inflation. But, you know, when I met Jim Rohn, my original teacher, I, I, you know, I have four different fathers. And I remember asking him, we had no money at food at Thanksgiving. You know, that's why I feed 100 million people a year. By the way, we're almost to a billion meals, 950 million meals in eight years. Unreal. He said I feel a billion people in 10 years. So we're going to do it by February. Wow. I'm doing a new one for 100 billion meals. Ukraine war is the breadbasket. 
And then, you know, fertilizer produces 50% of the food in the world. And the WF doesn't want people using it. And Russia's got most of it. I've raised 6 billion meals already in the first month. But I tell you all this simply because you have to just become more productive. I remember going to Jim Rohn. I remember saying to him, you know, I have four fathers. They're all good people. We had no money for food at Thanksgiving. It's what changed my life. But like, why? Hmm. And I remember him saying, Tony, we're all equals as souls but we're not equal in the marketplace. And he said, you know, if you work at McDonald's, he said, I'm not being disrespectful. And he goes, you don't, but if you did, and I forget what it was in those days, let's say today it's eight bucks an hour. He goes, you can't live on that, but it's not designed to be your long-term job. It's designed to be the entry job. And the reason it's eight bucks an hour is because it's not supposed to be a great job. It's a place for you to learn. Now, anyone can learn those skills in an hour today, especially they use pictures now. And soon it'll be robots, right? We won't have anybody doing it. So those jobs are going to go away. There isn't enough added value. But I said, you know, why is it a teacher only makes X, 40,000 a year, let's say. And, you know, you got a guy like, um, you know, one of the big hedge fund guys at the time that was talking about made a billion dollars that year. And he goes, Tony, he got a 40% return for all of the investors. These are people whose money, instead of three or 4% needing to go 20 years to double, is doubling every two years. He's worth that. He brought this much more value. The teacher is a great teacher, but it's not a place you're usually rewarded for performance because there's no competition for it. And it's a small number of students. So he said, if you can find a way to do more for others than anybody else, if you can find a way to add more value, he said, could you earn twice as much money in the same amount of time? And I said, yeah, he goes 10 times as much money. I said, there are people that do it 20 times. Yes, but you have to become more valuable. So everybody I think has to say what skills are needed today. Right. Yeah. If you think about it, 125 years ago, 80% of America was farmers. Mm-hmm. Now it's 4% of our population and we feed the world, right? Because of technology. But that created all these new opportunities, but it took 100 years for that transference to jobs like webmaster, right? right? Or SEO type of person. Those jobs didn't exist. What's happening now is the tempo is going to be much faster and people are not prepared for it. So I'm sure you've read like Oxford and all these studies that show 40% of the current jobs will be gone over the next 10 or 15 years. Well, if you let's just take truck drivers, Uber drivers, taxi drivers. Okay, who's going to hire a truck driver who can work only eight hours a day, got to pay for insurance, complains about things, and versus a truck that can drive 24 hours a day without the mistakes, and I get to write down, you know, the depreciation over time. Yeah. There's 5 million people in the United States that drive trucks or Ubers or taxis. It's only a matter of time, five or 10 years. Those jobs are all gone. Now, what are those people going to do? And I could show you four or five of them. Those 5 million jobs, that's the equivalent of what happened in 2008. That's just one category. So we have to retool ourselves and say what's needed. And what's needed is labor today is not valuable, right? What's valuable is your mind, your creativity. Someone who has tech ability, somebody who has creativity ability, somebody who can has cognitive capacity will run these AIs and direct where things are going, whether it's manufacturing or anything else. So today is the time to start retooling rather than saying, waiting for the government to rescue you. They're not gonna rescue you. There is no rescue, you gotta participate in your own rescue. And Warren Buffett talked about this. He said, look, if you're worried about inflation this year, they was, did an interview with him. He said, here's what you gotta think about. If you become investing yourself, and when I interviewed him, I said, what's the best investment you ever made? And I thought he was going to say Coca-Cola or Geico. He goes, what you do? And I said, well, I do a lot of things. What's that? He goes, well, I went to Dale Carnegie and they taught me how to communicate. Without that, all my other skills would have gone out the window. That's, that ability has made me who I am. Mm. And he said, and when you invest in yourself, there's no depreciation, right? It just creates multiplied returns. And he said, so if you become the best lawyer or best doctor or best whatever podcaster, if they change to shekels, if they got rid of dollars, you will still get the maximum amount because people need and want that. Mm-hmm. So he said, that's what you really want to do. And if you have, own your own business, you want a business with small CapEx. If you have a business that, let's say, um, you, you rent people giant moving materials for construction, well, you buy one of these things for $2 million, and five years later, you got to buy another one. Well, now with inflation, it won't be $2 million five years later. That's the wrong business. But if you have business with low capex, low overhead expense, yes, then you're in a place where all you got to do is get better and better, and you'll do well no matter what happens financially in this world. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, you know, I get asked a lot, what are some of the common practices or behaviors of the successful people that have been on your show? I got to tell you, most of them have been to therapy and they've told me therapy's made a big difference in their life. It's made a big difference in my life. And so whether you've got like a real traumatic thing you want to work through in your life that you've not resolved yet, or maybe you just got an emotion you'd like to get rid of or improve. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe you just got kind of something you want to talk through, a problem you want to work through. If you've been considering doing therapy, I think you should take a look at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is done entirely online. And what I love about it is they match you with a licensed therapist. If you don't click with the therapist, you can switch at any given time to a therapist that meets your needs that you kind of click and vibe with. Take a moment and visit BetterHelp.com slash EdShow right now to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EdShow. So I've been talking for a long time here on the show about the fact that I've been really working on my Spanish and I just took a trip to Mexico the last few weeks. I went on a speaking tour down there with John Maxwell and I got a chance to really see whether or not I've improved. I got to tell you, thanks to Babbel, my Spanish is pretty darn good. I was able to order in restaurants, communicate with people, even had a great time at a cigar lounge, chopping it up with a bunch of people speaking Spanish, thanks to Babbel. And one of the reasons I love Babbel is you have to spend hundreds of dollars on some professional tutor. And their lessons are only 10 minutes long, crafted by about 200 different language experts. They're very easy to learn, and you're going to be making improvements right away. I really recommend you try Babbel. So here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash mylet. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash mylet. Spelled Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash mylet. Rules and restrictions may apply. Please visit babble.com for details. I was thinking about when you were talking there, two things occurred to me. One, that you believe the winter could be eight to nine years. Most people aren't yes. honest enough to say that. I think that's longer than most people are hearing because yes. politically everybody's going to save us. So if one guy stays in, he'll fix it in this next two years. The other guy gets in, he'll fix it in two years. And so one, I think that's a huge insight for everybody to hear from someone who's got you know his hands on the most information, probably anybody on the planet. The second thing, though, for me was interesting is when you were sharing with the, the deaths, the people that are starving, what's gone on in Africa, that it gives you perspective on what your version of winter really is. That's exactly yeah. right, brother. Yeah. And you think about it, you know, still about two thirds of the planet lives on less than $3.50 a day. And so Americans who think they're really stressed, and I, you know, I don't want anybody to be stressed, I mean, that's why I provide all these meals, and as well as help people change their lives, you know, their idea, your worst nightmare is most of the world's greatest dream. So we, we've lost perspective to a great extent of where that is. And I but, think sometimes you know, that's important, Tony, because you're playing with house money, most of you listening to this. You're playing with house money compared to most of the world. And I want you to speak to this because you do it better than anybody. But one of the things that happens when you lose perspective or don't quite have it, where you hear, oh, my gosh, there's winter, or my skills may be moved out of the marketplace here soon. And by the way, COVID was even an accelerator in all these things Tony's talking about. Yes. Sort of, it, it sped things up pretty quickly. Yes. Fear is a big deal for people. And you and I, you get asked this all the time. I do as well. So someone's listening to like, okay, I'm inspired. I've got some perspective, but I'm afraid. Well, yeah. I've got real fear. What techniques or strategies would you say to somebody if they're being honest? Anybody hears this, winter's going to be five years, seven years, eight years. That's a scary thing for anybody to hear. And so what would you say yeah. to someone with fear? Well, you don't have to manage You got to stop thinking of yourself as managing your circumstances and remind yourself that you're a creator of your life experience. And so when it's winter, first of all, it doesn't mean every night's a bad day. Every day's a bad day. Every dark day. I live here in Florida. It's 78 degrees and it's, you know, winter, right? It's really nice. So where you are, what you decide to do, you, it's all varying in terms of the levels of winter, as we just talked about. If you're in Africa right now without food, it's a very different experience. But I think the other part for people really is you got to understand there's two choices. There's fear and there's faith. And as simplistic as that sounds, I ask people, what's the difference? And they get confused. And I said, it's really simple. They're both made up. No one knows for sure what the future looks like. And when I say the seven or eight years, it's not all just tough economic times. There's going to be a confrontation with China. Maybe it'll be a cyber war. Maybe someone will turn off your electricity. But there's zero question. We're on target for that. If anybody wants to get a better understanding, they can read some of Ray Dalio's work on the changing world order and understanding what's happened over a thousand years of history. But the point of the matter is it's not all dark. Uh, that's number one. But number two is what's the difference between fear and faith? They're both imagination. But fear is imagination undirected. It's like weeds, just grows automatically. 
Faith is you decide to be certain, you take action, you follow through. There's no guarantee of anything. There's no guarantee. I mean, people run around with a mask and they can walk outside and get hit by a truck, right? You know, it's just right. like, we, we, we think somehow that we have a way to bulletproof ourselves. What we do is increase our probability. And what you right. really want to do is, so you have no fear of the future, is you want to add to your skills and your ability, including your emotional fitness. I don't mean uh, intellectual fitness. I don't mean, you know, when people talk emotional intelligence, it's a nice thing. But the reason I use fitness is you can be a smart person and not be smart, right? <laughs> you can have great capacity and not use it. So emotional intelligence is a capacity. But fitness is a state of readiness. You and I are both fitness buffs, right? So it's like we train ourselves so when the challenge happens, we've got the strength and the power to deal with that challenge, whether it be psychological, physical, or anything else. So you've got to learn to direct yourself and train yourself to have certainty. And that's a huge part, as you know, that I do with all my seminars because most people are living in uncertainty. What makes somebody a leader is they find certainty in a world that's uncertain. Yes. Even if they're not smart, some people follow somebody just because they're certain. They're like, they, they know what's going on. When people are uncertain, they look for somebody who's certain. Well, if you can develop that certainty, not based on enthusiasm, but based on a clear plan of how you can take advantage of winter, where winter becomes your best season, hmm. then the fear will disappear. Hmm. But you've got to train your nervous system on a daily basis because here's the problem today. The media are not bad people. They're good people, but they're doing their job. And what are they rewarded for? Catching eyeballs. Yep, it's like, yep. you know, people say we're an information society. I always tell people that's such bullshit. The information okay. society died a decade ago. There's right. too much information. We're drowning in information. We're starving for wisdom. And we all know when it comes to the media, they get paid by getting your attention. And so if there's a commercial comes on, your child may die of drinking water, film at 11. You know, people tend to look in because of the negative bias, the survival bias of the human brain or clickbait. What is clickbait? You click on it. You know, the article doesn't even match it. But once you click, they get paid. So today, the media is not designed to inform or educate you. It's designed to startle you. If I startle you, you respond. Well, most people that follows them. It's in their pockets around them all the time. Now, after COVID, where people thought they're going to die by breathing, and now we're finding out a lot of different truths that we didn't know back then. And, you know, then you throw on top of that an economy that looks incredibly difficult. People, most people alive don't remember or never experienced inflation. I started my business when interest rates were 18%. It was 18% right now, people are marching on the White House. You know what I mean? They're like freaking out because it's seven. Yeah. So we're in a place where people have so much unknowns. So we want to do it. It's take chaos and understand what's really going on. You and I have talked about this before. You know, I've got five kids and five grandkids. I think about these jobs disappearing in the next 15 years and how do I prepare my kids and grandkids? So you do it by understanding those three skills you and I have talked about. One, anybody that's the best in the world at something has pattern recognition power. Mm -hmm. They see things other people see as chaos and they go, no, no, this has happened before. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. And they're allowed to anticipate where it's going instead of reacting. It's like playing a video game against the child. The child always wins. It's not because they're younger or faster. It's because they go boom, 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 because they played this game so many times. You shoot and you're dead in 10 seconds. Your next turn's after 30 minutes of their play, right? right. So they know where all the bad guys are. They can anticipate, not react. Mm -hmm. Well, losers react, leaders anticipate. So if I can recognize patterns, if I'm good in investment, I recognize investment patterns. If I'm good in business, I know business patterns. And I'm good in my own life. I start realizing, huh, there's patterns that get me angry and patterns that get me excited. And I learn to direct my own patterns. Mm -hmm. The second step is learning to use those patterns. And the third step of mastery is when you start creating them. That's what a great musician, that's what a great business person does. They recognize patterns so they're not reacting. They use them and then they start creating their own. And those three skills, very good. Well, if you get those three skills, it won't matter what jobs change, you'll be a dominant player because you'll see what other people don't see. It's the fear comes from the unknown. So that's why I'm a student of history. When you study history, you can say what's happening right now Here's happens about every 80 years like clockwork. Yep. And it's the pat you can read a thousand years of Roman history and see about every century the same cycle. And once you know that, it gives you a, an unshakable feeling. You go, okay, I know what this is and I know how to take advantage of this and I don't need to be fearful of this. But then you still have to manage your mind and you still have to make sure you cut off the media's influence because some people are saturated in that. And you know, whatever you feed in your brain is what you're going to experience. I want to ask you about that too. By the way, just want to remind everybody because you could be at any point in the podcast. If you go to jointony100.com, 
You can get five free days with Tony Robbins. I'm saying that out loud. Five free days with Tony Robbins. That would be, you know, 25 years ago, I wish you were doing that for me back in those days. It's just unbelievable that you're doing this. But, but Plus, I you get to talk- do it from your home. You don't have to travel or do anything else thanks to Zoom and everything. It's pretty it's awesome. awesome. It's so awesome. Now, I want to go to something you said. You used the word imagination earlier. And in my book, I wrote about this. I'm just curious as to... I don't want this to be Pollyanna either, because I know you and I are both very tactical and strategic, but I want to go to that for a minute. So I have this theory that, you know, I think children are happier than adults for the most part, because they operate out of imagination, vision, dreams. That's their prism. And at some age, it could even be very young for if they go through childhood trauma or whatever it might be. But at some age, almost all people, 99%, start to operate out of history and memory. And that's sort of their filter or their pattern of their life. It's it's history and memory. And I masked often how do i break that pattern i think this all begins when you have fear you go to history and memory and then they're telling you what to believe how does one begin to operate out of their imagination imagine new skills imagine a new life uncover their version of their own genius how does somebody do that tony what's a skill or a strategy that you would recommend to somebody says i need to flip from this history and memory these patterns i have to creating new ones and i think that starts in your imagination how does somebody do that you have to shift your your physiology first. If you try to paint a compelling future, you know, why are people depressed? One of the main reasons people are depressed is they don't have a compelling future. In other words, you can deal with any tough today if you have a compelling tomorrow. Anybody can do that. But today people think, oh my God, I can't go outside. Oh my God, all my choices are taken away. Oh my God, we're all gonna die in 12 years because of an environmental crisis, which is total bullshit. But there are people that have been taught this and there are kids today that are saying, I'm not gonna have, pa- I'm not gonna have children because this is the world I'm entered into, because they have no compelling future. But if you try to paint a compelling future when a person is in a lowered energy state, it won't work. They'll just reject it. Because in a lowered state, your brain goes into survival mechanisms. And the survival mechanism, you're always looking for what's wrong. What do I have to fight or what do I have to fly from or what do I have to freeze and hope it won't hurt us? That's the part of your brain that's 2 million years old and it's well wired. But we don't have a saber-toothed tiger to deal with. So now we worry about what people say to us or will we have enough money or what somebody's going to write about you in social media and we have a similar reaction. The way you overcome that is the way you drive your nervous system. So I'll give you an example. When I was at my worst and I was in a place where I gained 38 pounds and I was feeling sorry for myself and I come home one night, literally, I ran out of gas on Pacific Coast Highway in Venice. I had a little apartment down there and I didn't run out of gas because, you know, I forgot to fill the tank. I literally had no money. (laughs) Oh. I pulled over, locked the car, and prayed they didn't get towed because towed be 50 bucks. I didn't have 50 bucks. And then I walked a couple miles home, and I lived there on uh, Pacific Avenue, 2516 Pacific Avenue, part in 3A. If you ever want to go by, I did wow. recently. It's pretty funny. But anyway, I walk up the stairs as the sun's setting, and there's a note typed and stapled on my door. And I don't know if you've ever had the joy of having one of these experiences in your youth, but it basically says you've not paid your rent remove yourself and your things if you don't pay within three days the sheriff will take your stuff and you will lose everything right so i open the door i go into this place and i i lit a candle and i i didn't light it because i was spiritual i lit it because i also not paid my electric bill it's a true story so i'm (laughs) I'm reading by candlelight my eviction notice this is how low i gotten and then if that wasn't enough i get this banging on the door and i got three locks because i haven't paid anybody right i'm looking through and it's a friend i've not seen in a couple of years and i got a beer belly on me and i've grown out you know this shaggy little beard and i was just in the worst shape i open the door partially what do you want he's like tony it's me you know i let him in he goes in my house which is this little 400 square foot bachelor apartment you can't even turn around i'm cooking on a on a hot plate on the trash can i'm washing my dishes in the bathtub and so after he left, I was so humiliated. The whole thing, it's just, I was like, I got to do something. I didn't know what I was doing then, but now I understand what I did. I hit rock bottom and it's like, who I am is more than what I'm living spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. So I'm old enough to have had a Walkman. I think you might've had one at one Absolutely. time in your life. Yeah. And you had to really love your music in those days, right? Cause you had one cassette in there. <laughs> so I took this group called Heart and I put on this song called Barracuda. I said, I'm going to run this beach till I spit up blood. I'm just... And I did, I ran as hard as I could. And when I thought I couldn't do anymore, I ran harder. <clears throat> and I got to the end of it and I had left this journal on the ground. I drew a line down the middle. I wrote everything on that list that I really hated that was in my life, which was most of my life. Mm. And then everything I was committed to changing. And I didn't have all the skills and tools I had today, but I had changed the ignition. It's like, if you got the greatest computer in the world, there's not enough electricity, your screen's gonna be messed up. Mm. 
-hmm. Without that energy change, yes. you're really not going to make the change. That's why everyone who comes to one of my seminars, you know, it's mm -hmm. a physical experience. You're not sitting yes. on your ass for you know 12 hours. You're going 12 hours a day for three or four days. Now people are at home in 100 countries and they're going full tilt like they're in a stadium for full time. And all of a sudden their energy changes. Well, in that place, now we can start to create this compelling future. Now we can start to make the, and your nervous system says, I'm ready. You know, Stanford did a study, they came to me during the pandemic. It was fascinating. They said, Tony, we had two people go through your date with destiny, a little six day seminar I do. And they said, they are both clinically depressed and they have no symptoms of depression. We've never seen anything like it. You know, what data you have on this? And I said, well, I have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of testimonials. You go, no, but like scientific data. I said, that's not my focus. They said, do you mind if we did a study? And then they showed me something fascinating. 40% of the people that get treatment for depression, and by the way, depression has gone through the roof since COVID and since all those limitations. I know, you know, suicide's gone through the roof and it's horrific, but only 40% get better through treatment of drugs and therapy right ssris you know prozac zoloff all these things right 60 percent don't get an ounce better of the 40 percent that get better on average across the meta studies they find they get about 50 percent better they're half as depressed as they were now some people get totally better some not at all but that's the average i said that's not much better than a placebo they said you're right i said well what's the best you've ever seen they said two years ago johns hopkins did a study where they took people for 30 days of psilocybin magic mushrooms and therapy for 30 straight days they got results that were four times greater than they'd ever seen in history. 53% of the people 30 days later had no symptoms. Never seen anything like it, but psilocybin's illegal. It's not really duplicatable. So they said, what if we model their study? We'll use the exact same criteria, but we'll have you with no drugs and have your people go through the seminar. And we'll send people in that are clinically depressed and so forth. And so they did it. And the study with the results were so profound they sent the data out to two different organizations blinded to get the data back because they wanted to make sure it was accurate before they reported it. 100% of the people 30 days later after Date with Destiny had no symptoms of depression, but even better, 19% of those people had suicidal ideation. None had suicidal ideation. 11 months later, 11 months after one week, they changed so much. Their negative emotions had dropped 72%, their positive emotions up 51%. And now this last week, uh, two weeks ago, I did another date with Destiny and they did a study with 750 people with the largest study of its type. But well, why does it work? Because yeah. we're not only helping people shift the way they perceive the world, like you don't experience life, you experience the life you focus on. Yes. If you're focused on things that piss you off, you have to be deleting the things you could be grateful for. If you're grateful, you're deleting things that could piss you off, right? So by changing their beliefs and values, they do this, not me, there's a huge shift, but it's also the biochemical change. So they tracked my body for three years and they found crazy shit. Like, you know, you know, cause you're, you're an athlete, but you know, I jump a thousand times in an average program on one day and I weigh, you know, 285 pounds. So every time I come down, it's four times your body weight. So imagine a thousand pounds times a thousand jumps. It's a million pounds of pressure. So I did my bone density and they go, these are humans. You know, this is great athletes. This is you and everything like it. it's like I'm a gorilla from just a demand, right? If you've been running with a friend and you can't talk anymore, it's because your lactate is at four. I'm at 18 and still speaking. Crazy. But here's the most interesting thing. They track my audience and me and they found something really fascinating. There's a group that does studies on like Tom Brady on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's won multiple times in the, you know, the, the what he called Stanley Cup. And they found there's a place biochemically that people who are under stress perform at the highest level. It's why they win. And they call it the championship uh, bloodstream. And what happens is your testosterone surges. So you have this incredible drive, but your, your cortisol, which is the stress hormone, drops to the ground. So you think so clearly. That's why Tom Brady's down by 14 with two minutes left and he comes back to win, right? Well, I produce that in my body. But what's even more fascinating, if you know about mirror neurons, Everybody in the seminar, literally, because they did it to people around the world at home, mm. and they mirror neurons exactly the same biochemical change. That's why a year later, the change is there. If I said, where were you on 9-11? Everybody knows, even in foreign yep. countries, they'll remember who they were with, what they saw. But if I say, were you on 8-11? Most people don't know because information without emotion is barely remembered. What so exactly. I make sure those are merged and that's why we get these lasting changes. So it's not enough to just understand what to do or paint a compelling future. 
There has to be a shift in your identity and the way in which you feel physically. And that's why the combination is so critical. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started this show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business. And now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a full body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBay Motors. Okay, I'm going to tell you something I've never said out loud anywhere, and I haven't told you this. So, by the way, thank you for calling me an athlete. And the reason I say that to you is I uh, purposely adopted that identity at something you did. And and I was an athlete. I was a college athlete, as you know. But then I sort of – I had gained weight, too. And people ask me all the time, you know, because I have been through several of these winters like you have as well. I'm fit. I'm sure there's a vanity aspect to it, a wellness, a health aspect to it. But for me – it's my it's it's my neurochemistry being where I want it to be so I can make choices. My imagination is open. I am in flow state. This has been the most critical thing. And for years, it was really just fitness people that were fit, not yeah. business people. That's but right. you had an event. I don't, you, you, would, you don't do this anymore. You probably can't in culture today. But I don't know if you remember, but I was very young. I'd gotten a little bit out of shape. And back, we're in Maui at one of your events. And you and I didn't know each other then. And you did this thing where I've never said this before, but I want you to know this. You did this thing where you basically had the women in the room sort of ranked or lined up by their financial status. Do you remember this? Yes, I do remember the that. Dudes, the dudes, it was their fitness. Yeah. And and do you remember doing this? <laughs> of course they do, because guys think they're hot when they're like yes. in a beer belly, right? Well, women, so did I. Women can be totally beautiful and they're hard on themselves, right? Yes, you know, the yes but it changed yeah. my freaking life. I'm on this call with you we're doing a podcast because of this moment so he has the women sort of say which guys are fit and then the fittest dudes get to walk up on the stage well i'm young i should be crushing this room at the time right there's a bunch of <laughs> dudes in there that are in their 40s and 50s i'm like i don't know mid-20s early 20s and i don't get picked and then you're gonna <laughs> the dude and watch the ladies in the room cheer for the hot guys and i yeah. wasn't picked and I remember going, this is never going to happen to me again. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that I wasn't picked. It's like, you aren't living the things he's teaching yeah. and you need to change your physiology on a regular. Yes. This was an indication that my physiology wasn't being shifted on a regular basis. Yeah. That it wasn't yeah. one of my patterns to shift yeah. my physiology. I want everyone listening to this. You have to have a pattern of shifting your physiology. That's right. And it's in those moments, your genius flows, your imagination flows. These yeah. skills and tactics start to happen. And yes. it also, I want you to speak to this. I just want you to know that. I credit that with you with that experience 150 <laughs> That's years awesome. ago. And, That's awesome. And I want everyone to know this, but I also want people to hear this. I want you to speak to this if you would. I think the other thing that you and I, with the people that we see that are higher level achievers, they're preparation freaks. You and I am prepared today. You're prepared. But they have a lower threshold of what they think they need to know in order to step into action. That's and, true. Right? And so how does one build that? Because there's a lot of people going, okay, I got to overcome my fear. I got to move my physiology. I've got to anchor the right emotional state in. 
but man, I'm just ill prepared. And you may be, that may be true, yeah. but you think you have to be so prepared that you never move. You never take action. And now it'll be 2024 and we'll be yeah. on another call and you're going to want to get going again. So how does one build that resourceful, aggressive, whatever you want to call it, nature to go when they don't know everything? Well, you've got to first see what's preventing it. What's preventing it is everyone has the same two deepest fears. All humans. I don't care. I've dealt with the greatest athletes in the world, multi-billionaires, you know, guys in prison, you name it, kids. We all are afraid we're not enough at some point. If you feel like you're not young enough, strong enough, old enough, mature enough, funny enough, rich enough, something enough for someone who you really want to be enough for, mm. it brings up an even deeper fear, which is if I'm not enough, I won't be loved. And love is the oxygen of the soul. You know, if a baby is not kinesthetically loved, they develop what's called failure to thrive syndrome. We are a unique species in that love is our competitive advantage. If you're born as a baby and there's no mother or father there, you're a lizard, you live. But if you're a child, you die. We need each other. We have a long dependency on each other. You know, you know, uh, some of the longest animals other than primates are like whales that are dependent for a year. But five years, 10 years, these years, 35 years, some people are still dependent right on, on their parents to make sure things work for them. The right? great fear of so, mine with my kids. <laughs> so, but, the, but the point is that those that fear that we're not enough is what's getting in the way. And you don't get over it. You got beyond it. And the way you get beyond it is you just train yourself. And as you just said, that's why in the seminars, it isn't just the content, it's putting you in a state where the content can land. Yeah. And when you put yourself in that state on a regular basis, those flows happen. Now you want daily practices as well. So, you know, every day I've got a variety of daily practices, but one of those things I jump in freezing cold water every day, I think, you know, but I don't do it because I like it or I want it. There's never a day I look forward to it. Right. but I don't hesitate. I don't negotiate with myself. It's both physically great because it flushes your blood and your lymph system completely. And you feel like a million bucks coming out of it, going in it is painful as hell. But it's like, I don't say in a minute when I'm ready or maybe tomorrow. It's like, I say, go, we go. So it's a mental training as well as it's a physical training, right? And when you do that over and over and then you say, I'm gonna do this, your brain doesn't negotiate. You've mm -hmm. trained your own mind. A lot of people have these discussions in their own head back and forth, and that's just a habit. All these things are patterns. You know, I get up and I do my priming, which is putting myself in a state for just 10 minutes, a form of meditation, but it's a directed meditation. I think of three things I'm grateful for about a minute each and I live them. I don't remember it over there. I get on the roller coaster as it's going down and feel it. And I get associated to what I'm most grateful for because gratitude destroys the two emotions that mess up your life, which are fear and anger. You can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. You can't be beerful and grateful. So I train my nervous system every day to start with that. Then I do this form of a prayer of blessing. Then I do this three to thrive, which is a minute each on what I really want to make happen, but I don't think about making it happen. I see it as done and complete. And I train my brain to feel celebratory in that area. And in 10 minutes, I've changed my body. I've changed my mind. And then my third discipline is I usually text or call someone to leave a message of sincere acknowledgement because I like to start my day to brighten somebody else's day, but I don't ever bullshit. I don't go, oh, you're cool. I'll go, listen, I saw last Thursday, you know, in the meeting, you did this and this and this. I just thought that was so amazing. I just want to thank you for being that kind of person. And so it starts my day with momentum, physical momentum, mental momentum, relationship momentum. So there's disciplines like that. Then there's my workout, just like you, right? You know, you have your workout that- You look great, by the way. And I make sure in that workout, I do yeah. something that's incredibly difficult so that I'm always pushing a little bit stronger, getting a little bit better in some area. And then what that does is it creates a foundation that when winter's here, you go, give me winter, bitch, you know, yeah. bastard. I'll yep. rip through this shit. I don't care yep. what it is you want to do. Yep. I'm ready. But yep. most people, you know, they're living their life in front of a screen. A lot of people today, they're living at home, mm -hmm. right? Their shoulders are down. Mm -hmm. They're breathing like this. They get distracted by all the things around them. There's no energy really on a vital level. Mm -hmm. And then so what happened, there's no stimulus from being at the office for some people anymore. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is people's lives have gotten down to a low level of energy. If, if you forgot everything else that I teach you skill-wise, financially, emotionally, business, all those tools, but all you did was constantly increase the strength and energy in your body as a resilient source, you're going to find the answers, whether I taught them to you or somebody else, you're going to make up the answers. Guys, this is a hundred. Yeah, I guess I interrupt you, but I have to say this. It's so, this is true. What he's telling you. Okay. Not that you need me to second something Tony Robbins is saying, but he's <laughs> okay. right. I've lived it. He's a thousand percent right. 
do the things we're talking about. These will make changes for you. The other thing he added to that that I must say that is brilliance is that when you are feeling helpless, get helpful, help people. He, he had a video out recently that you recorded you about the feeding the families this year. You were yes. so emotional. It moved me because I know, I know how this is the richness of your life is helping other people. It's the same in mine. And I think people think, well, once I get over the stuff I need, then I'll do these things. No. That's what they think. They think once I get my own stuff handled, then I'll be that person. No, you'll, you'll get that stuff handled when you're that person. Yeah. And I'm, I'm writing, I just want to say one thing about you with that morning message. Uh, the FBI did this study recently. I know you know about it where they're talking about the releasing of hostages. Yeah. And how do you get a hostage release? And is it when someone's taken a hostage, is it, is it the fact that you meet their demands that actually you get the hostages back? Actually, it's about the same, whether yeah. you meet the demand or you don't believe yeah. it or not, there's a 2000 times greater likelihood of the hostage being released. If the person who took the hostages believes you understand why they did it, that's right. That, that they feel seen. That's and right. one of the things when, if you want to be seen as a person, see other people. I have sure. this thing I do, Tony, I'm writing a book about it right now. Let me tell you about you. I love doing that with friends. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about you. But something you said, not you're awesome or you're cool or you're fun. Yeah. Something really true that they go, that is true. I did do that. I do have yeah. that. So I just want to acknowledge the brilliance of what he's sharing with all of you. And I'll, I'll, tell you I'll tell you a two-second story about that. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember when I was um, going to my 10-year high school reunion, when I was in school, uh, I was really a driven kid. And I was not popular. I was popular with certain girls, more like more friend girls than anything else. I had like all the cheerleaders on my side. I became student body president. But I ran in like a real thing. I went to all the different groups and said, what do you want to do? And I went to the principal and I said, I don't think this will work, but I think I can make this happen. So it taught me that if you're sincere, even if you weren't popular, that you could have the kind of impact. It was, it was a real shaping experience for me. And so, but I remember I had some guys specifically that were older than I was that were competitive with me and were really brutal. I was 5'1", they were like, you know, my head nose guard was 6'6", six, six, and he, he just would brutalize me, come and pour milk over my head. And so now my 10-year high school reunion comes up. And so I'm gonna be, what, 28 years old. You know, I've become pretty successful. I've got books and I'm having impact around the world. And, you know, I've been seen all over the world. So I'm getting ready to go. And I got kind of, I don't know, I got really uncomfortable. And I part of it was I realized, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I even relate to any of these people. I don't know if they'll even remember me or anything else. And I remember calling my mom and my mom was an interesting character. And rarely did she have advice, but she, I was talking to her, I was driving in the car up there and I always imagined I'd go up there in my limousine and you know, I'd have the, the three women in my life that would be there, whatever that was, you know, that was my picture as a stupid boy, right? right? And you know, I had a limousine at that point, it was funny as hell, but I didn't take it. I took my least expensive car, I drove myself. And I'm talking to my mom on the phone and I said, uh, she goes, I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going up my 10 year high school reunion. And she goes, wow. She goes, you feel funny. There's something funny about you right now. I said, what do you mean funny? And she goes, I know what it is. You were so different in high school hmm. and you're thinking about, you're not one of them and you're going up there. She was so intuitive. Hmm. And I said, well, I guess, yeah, I think you're right. She goes, honey, you know, one seminar you touch more lives of people than your entire high school of a couple thousand people mm. she goes you know look what being different got you yeah and I, I remember after you hung up the phone i realized you know i'm so focused on well how will i connect and all this bullshit, which i never would think normally mm -hmm. because normally i'm thinking about how to give i'm not like how do i receive mm. and so I, I started thinking i was driving up there about the people i might bump into and some of them that actually kind of tortured me at the time yeah. and i thought you know I'm gonna get fascinated by their lives. I'm not here to talk about mine or tell them how great it is. I'm not gonna do that. And I remember, you know, you go to your high school reunion, I don't know if you did this, but they have the old picture of you when you're in high school and I had, you know, hair down beyond my shoulders and, you, you know, and I was this little guy. And so I walk in and I'll never forget the first guy that comes up to me. He didn't recognize who I was. And he looks, he's, his eyes were at the level of my chest here when my thought, and he goes, Tony, he looks like this. And it was the guy that used to torture me, right? It was the guy. I was kind of hard on you. I was kind of rough. And I said, you know what? I deserved that. I had a, I had a really bad mouth. I didn't have much respect. Hmm. And I said, tell me about you. And I spent the whole night going around talking to people about them, nothing about me. Hmm. And I had the best night because hmm. it's like, if you really focus on others, you disappear. It's like, I used to have these long mission statements and change the earth and all that. Now my mission statement's really simple. How can I help? It's like every day I get phone calls from people. Somebody's got cancer. Somebody's, you know, I've done so much in the health area. Somebody's got something in their business. Somebody knows somebody's got a challenge. It's like, 
how can I help? And nothing makes me more grateful. So I think people, as you grow, you, you know, the, hopefully, you know, you and I are at a stage of life where we can mentor people because we've been through so much crap, right. we've, you know, you know, overcome so much. And my hope is that the people that listen to you that listen to Ed personally, I, I endorse Ed as a friend because Ed lives this stuff. I mean, there's very few people that live it. And it's one of the things I love you and respect you. You work out, you train, you do this stuff. You're not somebody just interviewing other people. You're somebody who lives it. And that unfortunately is rare. But when you find those rare people, you want to learn from them because we all become like who we spend time with. And the good thing about a podcast is you get to spend time with somebody like Ed. I think it's fantastic. If you've been listening or watching the show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. Do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylet, netsuite.com slash mylet, M-Y-L-E-T-T, netsuite.com slash mylet. Thank you. Well, they get to spend time with you today, which is the reason they're here, but thank you for that. You could have just stayed in your lane, so to speak, and you, you know, you are the person in... Per people ask me what do all the people on your show have in common i was just saying this to someone last night because they knew you and i were going to be talking i went in this restaurant sit down the guy had just listened to my interview with rob deerdick and he goes i just love your show i love the people i love rob with. he's such a great guy he loves you and we were you know commiserating back and forth and he goes what's one of the common things i said well i'll tell you one of the odd things i said i'm actually interviewing tony again tomorrow and i said one of the things that they all have in common because some of them are smart some of them are so smart some of them are disciplined some of them are they're athletes entertainers business people you know people every day in their life that have changed their life i said most of them have been impacted by tony robbins one way or the other almost all, every single one of them and so you have helped so many people but a few years back you decided hey i'm going to grow me and you really invested a lot of yourself into you had coached. I know you Ray's been a friend and you'd coached uh, Tudor Jones for a while, but you it went to the financial space. Yeah. And I thought that took some guts, quite frankly, because you could have just stayed where you were known. I know in your businesses, you've done things, but the public you is the stuff we've talked about so far. Yeah. But now, based on this winter we're in, I'm so grateful you went there on, you know, how to protect or grow your money financially. So I think I'd mess today's podcast up if I didn't ask you that about this time as well. People wondering what you would tell them to do in terms of their finances right now. Do you have any advice for that for people? Well, yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest mistake is to pull back right now. Um, that doesn't mean that you put all your money in the stock market. You know, you really, I'm not going to tell people what their asset allocation should look like. They really want to do their homework. I hope you'll read maybe Money Master the Game or Unshakable. I wrote two books where I interviewed 50 of the smartest people in the world. The Ray Dalios, the Carl Icons, the Warren Buffetts, Paul Tudors. And I've coached Paul Tudor for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. So these are the most successful people in history. That's who you want to learn from. And what I want to see is they're all different, but what were the common patterns of what they did? Mm -hmm. And even though they had different approaches, those common patterns were there. That's why those books became so successful. Mm -hmm. But I think what you have to look at today is number one, you got to invest in yourself, just like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. You got to make you more skilled and more powerful and more effective so that you can command more going forward economically. So whether there's inflation or not, it doesn't affect you. And because there's going to be inflation for probably a period of time here, we're going to see a tough environment. The second thing is to keep feeding your mind and your emotions so that you don't freak out like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Then the third thing is you do have to get in the game. You know, it's like the first thing you should do is stop being a consumer and become an owner. I mean, you and I both know that's not what most people are. If you own an yeah. Apple phone and you don't own Apple, that's a giant mistake. I'm not saying mm -hmm. with Apple this price or that price. It's just right. over time, mm -hmm. if you're a consumer, you lose. There's so many kids today that think socialism is going to be a really cool thing. And it's because they've never been to Venezuela, which I have, <laughs> or I was there in the Soviet Union when it was still the Soviet Union. I was invited over during that time. I spent almost a month in the Soviet Union. It made me a capitalist because everybody's supposed to be equal comrades. Right. 
it's total bullshit. I'm on this on this train with all these scientists. They brought me because of the firewalk and things. They wanted to study what I was doing. And I'm watching us, every city we land in, and we get off the train, because I went literally from Moscow to Siberia and back, the entire country. Mm. And we're having on, you know, on the train, you know, all the Soviets that are with us, they're having caviar and champagne. And then we stop at every city and there's a main area where people got their, their milk and their bread. And it's got lines literally for almost a mile, people standing in the frigid cold so it could get a quarter of a loaf of bread and a half a quart of milk. And I was like, I, it made me angry to hear these bullshit stories about equality because yeah. it never works that way. Yeah. What happens is there's a power structure. And so people today, kids, it's our fault because they don't participate in free enterprise. Mm. They had someone else take care of them in some cases for a certain period of time and they've gone to school. And so they don't understand that life is calling you to find a way to add value to yes. do something better for people than anybody else is doing. And if you figure out how to do that, whether you work for yourself or you have your own business, you're going to prosper. But most people don't have that psychology. They're missing it. So you've got to become an owner. And then people are like, well, what do I invest in? How do I invest? Well, let me give you a clue. The stock market has been through World War I, World War II, every kind of financial crisis, the depression, uh, COVID, everything we can imagine. It's like Warren Buff would say to you, you don't want to bet against American business. Over time, it's going to do well. But here's what's crazy. You know, the average return over the last 20 years has been 8.2%. And so you're, you're multiplying your money over a short period of time by that because of the compounding that occurs. But what most people don't know is if you just tried to time the market and you were out of the market just 10 days, 10 of the best trading days in 20 years, instead of 8.4, you're at 4.2. That's insane. If you wow. missed 20 days out of wow. 20 years Christ. when that was happening, that were some of the best trading days, just missed those 20 days, mm -hmm. you got a 2% return. If you missed 30 days, you're in the hole. Gosh. And so, and what's crazy is six out of the 10 best trading days in any history are usually within a week of the worst trading days. Mm -hmm. And most mm -hmm. people are freaked out, right? Mm -hmm. That's when the opportunity is there. So when you see things melting down, you go, well, when do I get in? Well, you know, there's a great study that sh the Schwab group did. I thought it was fantastic. They did all the ways you could do this. Like, could you perfectly market time? And what would you return on $2,000 be over 20, 20 years? And it was $87,000. What if you just got in whatever time you got the money, you put it in? It was $83,000. It's a $4,000 difference. And then what if you dollar cost average? It was a thousand less. It was 82. So you put in the same amount of money and the yeah. market goes up and down. The only thing that lost money was not getting in the game, wow. right? Because wow. then cash went down. The value of the cash went down. Wow. And so you got to get in the game and you got to know what you're doing. And, you know, please pick up. I, I donated all the money from Money Master the Game and Unshakable. It's part of how I fed people. It's not enough by itself, but it's part of how I fed so many people. So please go pick them up and it'll guide you step by step. And you will, you'll stop being the chess piece and you'll become the chess player. Golly. You start to understand how the game works. But if you don't study it, then you're, again, you're reacting to the environment and you're going to find yourself in a tough place. Become an owner. Don't just be a consumer. Yeah, there's a running theme here through a lot of things Tony said today, which is just, you know, so many people are going through their lives reacting to the media, reacting to their phone, reacting to the markets, reacting to what everybody's telling them to do, instead of being a creator of their own destiny. And that's what you're going to get if you go January 24th to the 25th, which I'm going to go, by the way, I'm going to be there. Join Tony. By the way, I want people to know what we're going to do is each day I'll have you for two hours. There's no cost. You're able to do it on Zoom and so forth. You can attend with your family, your friends, or your coworkers if you want. And we're going to take about two hours. Sometimes it goes two and a half or three because I want to add as much value. There's no charge for it. And we're going to take a look at what are you going to do for this next year to prepare yourself so that you have a plan. You're not hoping 2023 is going to work out. And it's going to be based on facing the reality of more inflation and more challenges and probably a more challenging marketplace. What are you going to do with your body so we have that energy that we've talked about? What are you going to do to enhance your relationships so there's a closed harbor here for you when all hell's breaking loose where you still enjoy your life with yourself and your family. What are we going to make sure? And I'm also bringing in people that have done it as well besides myself. So you don't just go, oh, this is Tony and these tools. So, you know, I'm bringing in, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Blakely is a good friend of mine who is oh, the Sarah's youngest great. female billionaire who played Spanx. Yeah. And yeah. you see what she started from what she did. I'm bringing in the lady that started It Cosmetics. She was listening to my stuff in Denny's working as a waitress. She just made a billion dollars, right? And she is not 
what most people would think about. People said, we can never have a makeup line aligned with you because you're not like super thin and all this bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. And she just blew through all that and connected with women in a way that's never been done before. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing Matthew McConaughey. He's a good friend of mine because Matthew's, you know, one of great, you know, one great actors of this generation, but the amount of rejection, the amount of failure that people go through to get in that position and how he managed that. So you're gonna get my insights and their insights over those five days. And I promise you'll be experienced, you won't forget. It's my way of investing back in you so that you can have the best year possible. And I've been doing it, it's my third year doing this. So I'm real excited for the impact. We had a million people the last two years participate just for those five days. It's gonna be unbelievable. My audience is very familiar. Jamie Kernleam is one of my dearest friends. That's so right. you guys are gonna get access to Jamie. You know that we're so close. And Sarah and Jesse, both her husband are just amazing yes. people. And, uh, and I'd love to hear from Matthew as well. So I'm excited about it. Let me ask you one last question. Thank you for the time today, by the way. Sure, thank you. I just know, I just know this is one of these things that's being shared all over the planet after we were about five minutes into this. So the last question I have is, I guess, is about expectations and managing them, I guess, to some extent. You, you say this more eloquently than anybody that I know, but I was doing an event here, actually in my home last week. Very successful people, all multiple seven-figure earners, eight-figure earners, some nine-figure net worth people. And we did like a day to get 2023 going, sort of yeah. a mini version of what you're doing. And um, one of the people there, there's a running theme, but one of the ladies there at the end was like, you know, I, I have this. I've got beautiful children. I've got an amazing husband. My career has flourished. I'm making some contribution I feel good about. Why am I not happier? You know, and I said to her, I said, well, how often do you feel like unhappy he says oh you know i don't know 15 20 percent of the time i said do you think maybe that you just expect that you're supposed to be too happy too much of the time like there is a human experience we're going through here that there are ups and downs of our emotions and the breadth of emotions actually can create a very rich life so right. i guess the last thing as we go into this winter season and all the tools and resources that you and i both want to give to people all the time i think there's just a level of expectation that needs to people need to be aware of as well and you speak so well about this. So I want to finish with that. Yeah. Well, I think um, expectation is usually, we all have expectation. You're not going to get rid of expectation. But what you can do is you can balance it with appreciation. I always say trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole life changes in that moment. Mm -hmm. now, I think last time we were together, I shared with you this story. It was on this airline, you know, before I had my own plane. And, you know, I was just being so stressed because it was flying to Australia and it's, you know, I moved to Florida. So, you know, it's like 20 hour travel time to get there one way. And um, and I remember they announced there was finally this internet, you know, international internet. And we were all so excited. Everybody opened up their iPads and their computers and their phones and stuff and started doing their slacks and their social media. And it lasted nine minutes. And at the end of that, people were pissed because after nine minutes, they didn't work for the rest of the entire trip. And I don't think it still works for them. And people are like, and so nine minutes earlier, people were celebrating like it was God come down into the airplane, right? It was like <laughs> this miracle. Nine minutes later, it was an expectation that people are pissed about that wasn't met. Mm -hmm. And that's what technology has done to us. If we let it, technology starts using you instead of you using technology. Mm -hmm. We start thinking human beings are like pushing buttons where we get what we want instantly. And human beings aren't. And so we have to take back control of those expectations. But I think it's more than expectations as well. You, When you find something to appreciate, your, your disastrous moment disappears. There's always something you can appreciate or be grateful for. And I've trained myself to have like this 90 second rule. It's not always 90 seconds. I'll, you know, I've, once in a while something gets me and it's, you know, it feels more like 90 minutes. But most of the time within 90 seconds, I've trained my nervous system. It's like, I used to think I get angry and then my brain gets really sharp. Well, when I'm in a great place, my brain gets really sharp and the people around me have a better experience. And so I think it's also just deciding you're going to enjoy your life no matter what. Billionaires are a dime a dozen. What's not a dime a dozen is people that thoroughly enjoy their life even when things don't go their way. And how often in life is not going to go your way? How often in life, if your happiness depends on other people behaving the way you think they should, well, you're going to be a very unhappy person a good period of the time, or you're going to have to have a very small group of people around you that you somehow control, and then you'll be miserable because you won't grow. You know, it's like we all need the stimulation of all the emotions we describe, but I also believe you don't need to stay there. It's like everyone's going to have pains. You've all heard suffering is a choice, but it's a decision to say, I'm going to find the good in whatever happens. Not because I'm a positive thinker, because that's the only intelligent thing to do. Yeah. You know, five minutes of anger and your immune system gets suppressed for about three hours. Five minutes of pure joy or pleasure or stacking of great moments, 
and your immune system is stimulated in a healthy way for three hours. Hmm. So it's like our, our entire survival actually depends on us if we want longevity and a quality of life on our ability to find what's right. And most of us have been trained to find what's wrong because that's what the survival brain does. Your survival brain runs you, you're not gonna be happy. I always tell people, you know, your brain is not made to make you happy, that's your job. But the way you get happy is progress. If you grow, if you expand, if you find something that's more meaningful, you're able to share with other people, it becomes more than just you and you're gonna be happy. But if you don't make progress, if you don't grow in your relationship or your business, it's not about the money, it's not about the business, it's about growth. We all grow or we die. And all relationships grow or die. All businesses grow or die. There's no plateau. And when people start, I think it was uh, John Wooden when I was interviewing once, he said, it's what you learn after you know everything that really counts. You know, he was the most successful college basketball coach in history. So I think the mindset of staying young and continue to grow, but also demanding that I'm not gonna settle for a life like the average person who, when it doesn't go their way, they get all pissy. That doesn't mean I won't feel that I'm human, but I'm not gonna stay there. I'm gonna get out of it quickly. I'm gonna find what's good and I'm gonna go to work on it. I'm gonna use what life has given me, even if it's not what I want. And then I'm gonna do what I can to change or improve it, but I'm gonna enjoy the process instead of only when it goes my way. When I ask people, you achieved the goal that you wanted for years. A lot of people achieve it and then they go, is this all there is? Or they achieve it and I go, how long were you happy? For six months, a year, six weeks, six days, six hours. Most people mm-hmm. somewhere between six hours and six weeks. Because yeah. we're not supposed to sit at the table of success too long. You get bored and fat. We're designed to grow. We're designed to progress. That's what makes us feel alive. And when we progress, we have something to give. And when we give, our life is meaningful beyond ourselves. Ah, just so good today. I appreciate you. <laughs> I do. I just appreciate you. I love you. You've been such a blessing in my life. I get emotional if I go any further than that. And I just feel um, just so honored that millions of people um, share this seat with me all the time and that they got to share it with you today again, brother. You're so remarkable. Thanks, Ed. Thank well, you know how much I respect you. Thanks for sharing that story about back in Maui. That really makes me smile. <laughs> Especially seeing you've maintained it all these years. You, you never hey, went man, back. That you've was always a been deeply in emotional trigger for me, and it's been anchored in there ever since. So, And by the <laughs> way, you awesome. can learn how to do that and not exactly the same way I did it at Become Unshakable with Tony. So go to jointony100.com, you guys. Tony Robbins, thank you so much for today, brother. God Thanks, Ed. Have a beautiful day, brother. You too, man. Max out, everybody. Take care. This is The Ed Milet Show.